What does it mean to go to the hardest and darkest places? The Great Commission, the call to go, we've all heard it, but what if that call led you across the sea to a land far, far from home? What if you were led to go to the Middle East? Hello friends and welcome back to another episode of Dream to Destiny. I'm your host Libby Lynn and I am so pumped about today's episode. I cannot wait to introduce you to this incredible Jesus-loving world changer. You are going to get to meet Sarah. Her story is so fun, the way that God led her to some of the hardest and darkest places, but to hear her story of what God is doing in the Middle East, how he is moving in Iraq, it is going to blow your mind. It is going to bless your socks off, and I'm just really excited to share. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button if you're new here. We would love to continue to connect. We have amazing, beautiful, world-changing young women that we interview here on Dream to Destiny every week. So make sure that you um, join us for the journey in the future. Get your free... Um, download of our brand new ebook called The Idea Revolution, which you can grab for free from the show notes below, or you can find it by going to www.unlockingyourpurpose.com. Well, let's go ahead and start at the beginning of your story. So before we dive into everything that God is doing in Iraq and how he led you there, I'd love to rewind a little bit and return to your roots just to hear a little bit about how you were raised and what your family looked like. Um, Were you raised in a Christian home or did you not meet Jesus until later in life? We would love to just hear about all of that. Awesome. Um, So I grew up Amish. Um, and so I grew up with no electricity. Um, I grew up, you know, driving a horse and buggy. And I, <laughs> I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, I did not know Jesus. My parents did not know Jesus. My father came to know the Lord when I was eight. Okay. Um, and so when he came to know the Lord, that's when everything started shifting. And I came to know the Lord later on. But yeah, so I, you know, didn't know anything about the outside world until I was like 15 or yeah in my teens okay wow that's so cool it's such a, I love it. it's such a unique like I mean I'm sure for you it feels like it's not that unique because like that's just how you're raised that's how you grew up but I think it's yeah. so fascinating for others to be like oh wow that's so cool yeah um, and so yeah the Lord got a hold of your dad and started drawing on his heart so I love that uh, so how about you personally when did you first fall in love with Jesus because I know that a lot of us we can go on this journey of learning more and more about him and our hearts are just drawn closer and closer yeah but then we reach that moment in in time where we really start to fall in love and just begin to burn for him so what's your story with that oh I love that so after my my uh, dad came to know Jesus and then my mom did as well uh, they gave me my first like English Bible and I didn't read it but (laughs) surprise but um the Lord like he's so good like he kept drawing my heart Mm. um and I I struggled with like severe anxiety when I was younger as well and so there were nights that I couldn't sleep and instead of sleeping I would just stay up reading books and I read like every book in the house and this was when I was like 13 um and then finally I had read every book and I remember and it was totally Holy Spirit then but I didn't know him yet and I remember looking you know at my bedside and seeing the Bible that's given me 
um, and being like, why don't I read the Bible? <laughs> and before this, you have to understand, like before when I tried to read the Bible, there would be voices in my head saying, this is not for you. Mm, like you can't yeah. read that. And so I was very demonically um, oppressed when I was growing up. Yeah. But this time those voices weren't there. Mm. And so as I started reading it, um, I started in the Gospels and I started reading it. And I never really had a moment where I was like, oh, Jesus, you know, you're the one. I'm giving my life to you. It was more through the stories, like through the woman at the well story mm -hmm. and through the man that was the, at the pool of Bethsaida. I started seeing myself in those stories and being like, oh, my gosh, Jesus, you're real. Mm -hmm. And so he just became real in my heart yeah. through those stories. Yeah. yeah and so, awesome. um, what was the other question you'd ask, so, you know, when did I... <laughs> Yeah, because that's kind of was like the beginning of, you know, you started to get to know yeah. him and he was revealing himself. Yeah. And then I think that for some of us, we can kind of reach a point of, it's like, you know, so much about him, but then there's that point of like, just becoming completely sold out and just being totally. In yes. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. So I, um, I then, you know, I didn't know Holy Spirit. I didn't know much about Jesus, but what I did know of him, I loved, And then when I was 15, 16, uh, my parents got excommunicated from the Amish community. And so that, and that's when I started experiencing <laughs> like the outside world and everything. Okay. Um, and then I did have um, some of my teen years where I would surrender my life to the Lord. And then I'd have moments where I was like, no, like partying looks better or <laughs> my guys look better. Drinking looks better. And so I would, have moments where I'd walk away from the Lord um but he continued to work in my heart and then in 2017 I remember being with some friends and I'd partied the night before and I remember being with these you know friends that love Jesus and being like I just want what they have like they have a mm -hmm. fire I know about Jesus and I know that I've given my life to him but I know that I'm not pursuing him I don't have yeah. that fire and he I just I went to the bathroom and he met me there mm -hmm. like I just the presence of the Lord fell and I fell on my knees and I'm like Jesus like I will get anywhere anywhere you call me and I just want to follow you and so ever since that you know I've been I would say I sold out and yeah. on fire and loving him love he's it. so good you know yes, absolutely that's so good and I love that it was in the bathroom of all places <laughs> right right yeah funny <laughs> he meets us where we're at <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> well that's so fun I love um I had told you before we started the interview I kind of stalked you a little bit on your Instagram and <laughs> it sounds it. <laughs> like growing up you had such a variety of passions and interests which is something Ugh. that I can relate with um multi-interests yeah. and I saw that at one point you were interested in modeling major league baseball and you also <laughs> have a passion for songwriting and horses and just like this whole mixing pot of all these interests and so I'd love yes. to like when you were younger and these dreams were kind of swirling around, did you ever imagine that you would end up becoming a full-time missionary or was that completely off the radar? Oh my gosh. I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's, I wanted to be a model to a major league baseball player. I don't know what I thought in my head, but <laughs> I, I had so many dreams. Um, yeah. So a lot of growing up, like I had different dreams and, um, 
I I really honestly thought I would be doing something with horses. Like that was the one thing that I really that I still love. I still love horses, and I still dream of having a horse farm someday. Um, but the Lord has bigger and better dreams. But yeah, so I you know completely off the radar um, being a missionary I was, and I do remember the as when I came to the Lord that I would read these stories of these persecuted Christians in like different nations and I would weep. I would always weep. And I'm like, Lord, like, I don't, and at that time, like, I didn't know what was going on, but I think what he was doing was preparing and planting seeds into my heart mm. to, for the call to go. But I never, ever dreamed that I would be going to the nations and yeah. definitely not Iraq of all places, you know? <laughs> yes, for sure. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, well, I think that good. Absolutely. Amen. I think that that is a perfect segue into our next question of why Iraq, because I know that for so many of us, the idea of the Middle East can feel so, so like completely removed from our idea of what's safe or common. And so I absolutely love what you're doing. I feel like you are on the front lines, a pioneer in this revival and awakening that God is doing there. And so I love to hear the story of how this all started for you. How did you know you were called to Iraq? What did that look like? Wow. I love that question. And that's a loaded, loaded question. Wow. Um, Why Iraq? You know, it had to be alert because that was never on my bucket list. I had you know, <laughs> France and Italy and all the nice places, yeah, but not course. Iraq, not in the middle of the desert. <laughs> um, so I first, I didn't even, growing up, I didn't even really know what the Middle East was. You know, I didn't know what Muslims were. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first got the call, I was sitting, it was in 2016, the spring of 2016. Um, I was sitting in my office and I was working and um, all of a sudden, like, I, I get these pictures of people fleeing mm-hmm. and they're Muslim people. I could tell that they were like Muslims and they were Middle Eastern. Um, and I see them fleeing and they're in the background, like I see this war happening and I see like children and women and like men and just all this chaos. And I just begin to weep. Like, I'm like, Jesus, what's going on? Like, are you mm. calling me to this place? And um, then several weeks later, one of my friends went to Iraq. And I'm like, this is a place. Wow. Because she started talking about, like, the stuff she was doing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I think that's the, the pictures that I got. Because wow. I didn't know. Right. And then um, I did some research. I had no idea what ISIS was. Um, I did some research. And I'm like, whoa. I, I want to go. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's when I first got the call. And then I did end up going in 2016, the fall of 2016. And I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I said to the Lord, um, if you get me out of here alive, I am never coming back. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and you have to understand though, that I was living like, I was living in Sindor for a month and we were like a mile from the front lines. And so you would hear mm-hmm. like the fighting wow. every day. And at that point in my life, like I was surrendered to the Lord, but I wasn't fully surrendered. Mm -hmm. And so I think with that as well, like it just brought up a lot being there. Um, And it was just, yeah, a really crazy time. But he, you know, he's worked in my heart and I'm there now, which is so amazing. And like, Jesus, you're, you just have a sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that you didn't even, you know, we talk about it not being on your radar, but literally it wasn't even on your map of like your life, of yes. the possibilities yes. of what you might I didn't do. know what the Middle East was. <laughs> I didn't know what Iraq was. I just was a little yeah. Amish girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so, so cool. So your first trip there, it sounds like you had a lot of transformation that happened, a lot of things in your heart that God started bringing up for you to deal with. Um, tell us a little bit about the, like, from the first trip there versus when you knew you were supposed to become full-time, because that's obviously a big, yes. that's a big decision. I mean, that's yes. life-changing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, the rest of 2016 was not a good year for me. And I, at that point, like I came back and I wasn't even sure if I believed in God anymore. Um, and I just really got into a lot of partying then. But he like worked in my heart, like he pursues us, right? Yeah. Um, and so I came back and I just the next year, like 2017, the summer of 2017, I was running away, but I knew he was pursuing me. And that's and then it was a year later in 2017 that I'd given my life, you know, to the Lord. Um, and I, you know, I was like, Lord, even if you take me to Iraq. I will go, I will get to the hardest, darkest, I just, and at that moment, I was just like, Lord, like, I just want to know you, like, I just need to be with you, mm -hmm. um, and I did end up going in 2019, which was uh, almost, I mean, two years ago now, it's just crazy, mm -hmm. where, yeah, and so I, the minute I got there, I knew that I was supposed to be there, mm -hmm. um, the Lord just started working on my heart and I just, he just gave me a heart for that nation, just a heart for the people. And I immediately was like, I need to come back. And then I moved in March, 2020 is when I moved. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a time to move. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was honestly, it was two days before the lockdown, before wow. the whole world shut down. Yeah. And I, I was actually only supposed to be there for a month and then I was going to go back in June and actually live there. Okay. And, um, I ended up just moving because the airport's like shut down and everything. Right. So <laughs> it was a crazy time, but the Lord, like he's so gracious and he just, you know, gave me a grace to just yeah. move at that time. Mm -hmm. And the support just came, you know, yeah, that's awesome. Well, obviously it confirms the fact that you're called to be there, that he, you know, that you Absolutely. have that grace and that, that he opened up all this for us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. That's so good. Well, I love getting your email newsletter and just seeing everything Aww. that God is doing in the Middle East. So what is your absolute favorite thing? That's probably such a hard question, but one of the favorite things that oh. you've seen God doing in this season over there? Oh, that's a good <laughs> question. It's so funny. You said, what is your favorite thing? And immediately my mind went to food and I'm like, no, don't, say <laughs> don't, don't say food. Don't say food. <laughs> but anyways, what is my favorite thing? There's so many things, but I know that my absolute favorite is um, the fact that all these Muslims are encountering Jesus mm -hmm. and he's pouring out his spirit. Like when I went in 2019, before I had gone, um, I would hear all these stories of Jesus showing up as a man in white. And I, I was like, you know, this is every one in a hundred people. It's every so often the Lord chooses a special person that gets a dream. We got there. And now our, our outreach wasn't, do you want to give your life to Jesus and telling them about Jesus? It ended up being, have you seen a man in white? 
Wow. And nine times out of 10, the people were like, yes, who is he? Oh my and goodness. Oh, I've got goosebumps. I know, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, I mean, too. I get Amazing. goosebumps every time I talk about it but it's like that's how much Jesus is praying out his spirit that's how much he loves these people that's how much he loves this nation and so my absolute favorite thing is that he he is pursuing these people with all of his heart mm-hmm. like I, I could get on and on but I just want to share this quick story like just before we came back there was these two women that had just come to know Jesus um, and they were like in a church service and they were totally Muslim and it was so crazy because they were like in their abayas and um, they were in his church service and they said like this man in white was walking around the room and he stopped like in front of them twice and offered them like living water. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And I'm like, oh Jesus, Jesus, there's so many more people that are having dreams of you. I want to reach those people, you know, take me to those people. Um, and so that, hands down is my favorite thing is seeing wow. what he's doing you know on all these yeah. Arab nations um and yeah just in their, their hearts and the way he's pursuing them mm-hmm. wow that's incredible <laughs> I love that so yeah that probably definitely tops the food but I'm sure food is a close <laughs> second <laughs> the food is a close second I mean it's you know it's tough but what's your favorite no, dish that, that you've had over there oh uh, it's a dish called Tepsi and it's like, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the name. It's like all these vegetables um, that you just slur cook and then you put them in the oven and you bake them as well. And then mm. and a little greasy and they're so good. <laughs> oh, it's my oh, favorite thing good. ever. If you come over, you can, I'll, I'll get you some Tepsi. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, kind of a tough question, but what is, what does a typical day look like for you in Iraq? I doubt there's such a thing as a typical day, but if there is. <laughs> yes. I mean, I love that you said you doubt that there is a t- typical day because there isn't like we, we've had our schedule change so many times. You can get up in the morning and you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this mm-hmm. today and just everything changes. Um, but it can change like it varies from what we're doing it can be refugee camps it can be meeting with people doing one-on-one discipling um yeah it can be meetings um but i would say a typical day like is meeting with someone or we're preparing for church or we're doing work with refugees mm-hmm. yeah so that that's about as normal as you get. Yeah. That's just covering the basics of what may or may not happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So good. Awesome. So what is your biggest dream for the Iraqi people? What do you desire to see the Lord do? I love that question. Um, honestly, my biggest dream for Iraq and for its people is for the name of Jesus to be lifted high. And that has been my prayer from day one is is just that Jesus, like, may you be exalted in this nation. Mm-hmm. May you have every high place. May you capture every heart and no one get left behind. Um, but that, I mean, that's, of course, my biggest dream. But setting that aside, um, my other dream that I have is I want the refugee children that we work with, 
I want them to live out their dreams. Mm, like some yeah. of them, some of them dream to be a doctor and mm. some of them are dreaming to be like football players. And I'm like, Jesus, you know, what, how can I partner with that and make that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, I want them to be able to do that and then to go yeah. back and to be able to say, you know, I grew up as a refugee and this is all possible because of Jesus, because of people who gave. Um, and so that, that by far is my second biggest dream for Iraq. That's so good. I love that. So how many, how many kids do you work with over there in the camp? (laughs) I love it. Um, there probably is around the one camp that we're working with, the UZV refugee camp, there's probably 20 to 30 kids that we work with on a weekly basis. And they're so cute. cute. (laughs) I just love them so much and I miss them. Um, but there are there is another bigger camp that we go into. Um, we actually just got into this camp the week before we came back to the states, um, and there we'll have a lot more kids. Um, okay. And we're excited to start a kids program there yeah. and start working with them. That's incredible. So, yeah, That's so cool. Wow, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see everything. I know God's already <laughs> been doing so much, but just what He's going to continue to do in the future and. Um, I love it because, yeah. you know, I, yeah, just believing for those kids and praying for them to oh, reach out the fullness on. of their purpose. That's so yes. good. So good. Yeah. yeah. Well, what would you say to someone who feels the Lord stirring their heart, calling them to go and preach the gospel in a foreign land? It doesn't have to be Iraq, just somewhere that is out of their comfort zone. Um, it might even be their neighbor. Like it might not be very far away, but they're just feeling that draw. What kind of advice would you give to them? I love that question. I just go. The biggest <laughs> thing is go. Um, I think, you know, we all have people in our lives that, um, that we need to share Jesus with. And, and I, I think the biggest thing we need to do is just go. Um, but on top of that, if you're feeling cold, like to a different nation or, and you're like, oh God, like, I don't know if I'm cold. Sometimes, we just need to go and he's and plan on going and he can shut those doors, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that the biggest confirmation for me was financially, like I had no money when I got there and I needed support and the support came in like two weeks. And I'm like, wow. we're like, that doesn't happen. And so I think that, you know, if you're supposed to go somewhere, he's going to open those doors and he's going to provide. Mm-hmm. So just go. Mm-hmm. And if he shuts those doors, like, that means you're not meant to go and that you're mm-hmm. meant to do something else. But that's how you know, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So good. Such solid, simple advice, but it's so, you know, it's such a simple <laughs> word. G-O, go. That's all Jesus said. Go. go. But it's, there's so he much the wrapped in that word. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much. Before we wrap up, I would love to know how we can support you and pray for you and oh. um, just pour into what God is doing in Iraq through you. What are some ways that everyone can connect oh. and be part of all of that? Yes, that's so such a good question. Um, for me personally, I mean, just be praying I, for for the Lord to use me in whatever way He wants me to use me. Um, I I just want to know Him more, and I want to represent Him well wherever I am. Um, if you guys are interested in like supporting me, 
go to the Light a Candle website. That's like, just look up lightacandle.global and our website comes up and you get to the donate link. And there's all kinds of places that you can donate to. Um, I'm in the missionary section. Um, if you want to donate to Light a Candle, bless you. I'm, we, we're looking for more supporters. So thank you so much for if you do donate. Um, and there's like a Middle East section and also an India section. Um, and then, yeah, just donate to general or family sponsorships, whatever you feel led to. Um, as far as prayer for the Middle East, pray that the Lord would send out more harvesters because he's pouring out his mm-hmm. spirit. And I, and, and, you know, it's the verse in Matthew where it says, um, behold the harvest is ripe Mm -hmm. but the laborers are few therefore pray to the lord of the harvest Mm -hmm. that that he may increase the laborers and so that has been one of my biggest prayers um because i'm like i don't want anyone to get left behind so pray for that Mm -hmm. and just pray that the lord would continue to pour out his spirit and even connect us with the right people and Mm -hmm. um yeah just be working through us as an organization yeah that's awesome. Well, we will for sure be praying into all of that. I love it. Again, thank you so much for taking the time oh. to share, taking the time out of your little hiatus. It's been so good just to hear your heart and hear everything that God is doing. So good. I'm so excited to announce that you can grab your free e-copy of The Idea Revolution by checking out the link in our show notes or by visiting unlockingyourpurpose.com. That's unlockingyourpurpose.com. By downloading my free ebook, you'll get an exciting sneak peek at all the amazingly fun topics to come on season two. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate this podcast, and share with friends or on social media. I truly appreciate all the love and enjoy hearing from you, so don't hesitate to reach out. I'm Libby Lynn, and until next time, keep dreaming.